Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in to Ways to Win with Weinstein. This is going to be my first ever book review. Uh, and so it's going to be, again, just me. So I hope you enjoy my voice. Um, having a little bit of difficulty trying to get speakers uh, or guests to come on the show uh, based on the fact that we are going through this epidemic with the quarantining procedures. Uh, and the social distancing. So for now, uh, I'm going to be trying to put out some different uh, different content. Uh, and one of those things that I thought about would be a book review. Now, this might not be the uh, sexiest subject uh, or fanciest uh, thing that you would want to listen to, but maybe, just maybe, it sparks some curiosity uh, for you where you pick up a book, uh, even if it's not this one, uh, or you start to learn a little bit about yourself uh, and what you like as far as uh, book subjects. Um, or you, I don't know, maybe think about some other ways where this could affect, uh, could affect you and your life during this time. Whatever it is, um, I'm happy to provide it and hopefully you get something out of it. Uh, and that's, that's the point of the, the whole podcast, really. So um, moving on to... And just so you know, I'm outside on my balcony, you hear a little bit of background noise, so I'm just going to speak a little bit louder into the mic. But for the most part, the book that we're going to be reviewing is called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Now, you may have heard of this book. It's a pretty popular, uh, popular book. It's sold over 30 million copies worldwide. Uh, a lot of different speakers, mo whether they're motivational or, um, you know, in the business realm, they they definitely have uh, probably read or or cited to it in some matter, shape, or form during their uh, during their you know shows or podcasts or um, seminars, whatever it is, they've probably referenced this particular book. Um, it was written back in 1989, and it's been redone uh, one time in 2004. Stephen Covey, a uh, fascinating guy, was an author, educator, businessman, keynote speaker. Um, he dedicated his life to teaching principle-centered living and leadership to build families and organizations. In 1996, the Time magazine named him one of the top 25 most influential people got his MBA from Harvard. He was a professor of organizational behavior and business management. The guy's got nine kids and 52 grandchildren. Like, holy shit. How do you even have the time to do all the, the you know, drafting of all these books and writing and all that? I mean, unbelievable. Um, you know, so this, this book in particular, I don't know why I haven't read this yet. You know, it was one of those things where I started reading. And I was like, holy crap, I've recognized this through everything, all, all the other areas uh, that I've been, all the other people that I've been listening to and reading up on. And like, I've noticed a lot of these uh, concepts in one way, or shape or form in there. How have I not been, how have I not read this yet? All right. So um, I'm going to go through a lot of the basics. There's absolutely no chance that I'm getting to everything uh, as part of this book, and it's not supposed to be me giving you the the, the cliff notes. Um, you know, I don't know if you know the last time you read a book was in high school or whenever we had the mandatory reading for summers. If you guys remember those, well, people would buy cliff notes, use those, um, possibly not even read those. 
um, and then try to take an exam or write an essay or a report based on just the notes. That's not this. That's not even this. This is just simply scratching the surface, uh, telling you how I felt while reading it, some things I noticed about myself while reading it, and hoping that maybe you take a look at um, the way that you are reading books and change something. You know, uh, one example of you know, something that I figured out is that I do actually really enjoy audio um, a little bit more than, than reading. Now, some of you that are listening are probably like, uh, yeah, you idiot. Like, wouldn't you rather listen than read? But that's, that's not what I'm, I'm talking about. Yes, it's easier, but I'm talking about, for me, retaining the information. I found out that audibly, uh, I can retain more information because when I'm sitting there reading a hardcover book, and I don't know if this happens with anybody else, but I re- read a page and sometimes I'm like, what the hell did I just read? Uh, and I have to go back and I have to read it again because I want to retain, I want to retain it. I want to be able to apply it or I want to be able to analyze it. And just reading something without retaining or, or analyzing what you read, it means nothing. You're basically wasting your time. So um, I got a little frustrated with this book on, as far as that's concerned. There are concepts in here where I had to read three or four times to try and understand it. And he provides explanations uh, and different examples. But at the same time, even with those examples and explanations, some of these concepts were difficult to grasp. So that is uh, one thing that I will tell you if you go to pick up the book. Um, I didn't listen to this book, so it wasn't an audible one. This is one where I, I actually have the cover uh, the hardcover, and actually I have the soft cover, but I was I picked it up and I was actually turning pages and going back and rereading pages. There are other books, when I made that comment about retaining information, there are other books I've listened to audibly. Um, this book is excellent though. There's a lot of great, interesting things um, introspectively uh, and to recognize your habits uh, and certain reasons that you do things uh, you can basically have a lot of those aha moments where you're thinking about past experiences or the ways that you handled certain situations and you say, oh my God, that's what happened. And that's why I do what I do. And that was very interesting in regards to this book. Um, some of those aha moments are positive. Others are negative. Others are just a learning experience where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, makes sense. Um, so I'm going to just go into basic points about what uh, Stephen Covey talks about. Um, you know, I did draft a 14 or 15 page outline in regards to the book just so I can, you know, again, retain uh, the information a little bit better and also to help me with obviously the, the podcast because there was just so much information. So um, if you would like that outline, you could reach out to me. Uh, you know, via message or, um, you know, phone call, text, email, whatever it is, and I will send it to you. Uh, and you'll be able to read into it a little bit more if you want the notes. Um, or you might just buy the book. Who knows? Okay. So Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People discusses, 
in the very beginning, the most common human challenges that we face. This was such an interesting area of his book, considering that we are facing an epidemic right now. And a lot of the things I read in the first 50 or so pages, these most common human challenges are so heightened at this very point. And we're able to, to experience them greater than we normally would if we weren't facing an epidemic. So a couple of those examples, he gives eight. I'm just going to give four basic ones. Most common human challenges, fear and insecurity. People are afraid of everything, losing their jobs, not providing for their families, not being good enough, fear of the future. Those are some examples. Number two, uh, main one was blame and victimism. Society is addicted to playing the victim and blaming others. That's a big challenge. One that I, I definitely, um, you know, took notice of, um, lack of life balance. Our cell phone lives are exhausting, right? And time consuming. So um, technology has us getting lost in the thick of thin things. Even though every day we're, we're pushed to be more effective and do more and work harder. And um, that was very interesting. The very last one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention is the conflicts and differences. People are so alike, yet they're so different. And we have different ways of thinking, different cultures, different motivations. And learning how to be able to effectively get the best from those differences and ex accept those differences is a huge human challenge that we're facing right now. So he discusses that in the very beginning, uh, which f then foreshadows um, a lot of the uh, examples and things in the as far as describing the habits. Uh, so it was a very good intro. Um, couple of main points before we get into the actual habits. He discusses paradigms and principles. We all see things differently, uh, and a paradigm is are, are those different lens for which we see life. Um, and the way that we see things governs the way that we behave, right? So he wants us to kind of try and think outside of our own reality in noticing that everybody has a different lens, uh, and that governs how that person behaves. Uh, fairly simple but some people might not be thinking uh, like that. Talks about principles versus values. Principles are guidelines for human conduct. They're natural laws that cannot be broken. They're fundamental. Some examples are fairness, integrity, honesty, potential, growth, patience. But principles aren't values. He gives an interesting example um, that about a gang of thieves. He says a gang of thieves can have values but they are in violation of fundamental principles, right? So they can have, I guess, bad, quote unquote, bad values according to fundamental principles. So that was uh, interesting. Those values, those are the values that govern people's behavior, but principles ultimately determine consequences. So that was, that was awesome. Um, as far as the seven habits, he discusses what a habit is, right? We have to know what a habit is in order to understand uh, the seven of them that he's going to go into. And he, he says that our character is composed of our habits and a habit is the intersection of knowledge, skill, and desire. Knowledge, skill, and desire. Knowledge is the what to do and why. Skill is the how to do. And desire is you got to want to do it. And so to develop a habit, you have to know what to do and why how to do it, and you got to want to do it. You need all three in order to develop a habit. So that is the definition, uh, according to Covey, 
of a habit. Now going into the actual habits, habit one is be proactive. Habit two is always begin with the end in mind. Habit three is put first things first. Habit four is think win-win. Habit five is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Habit six is synergize. And habit seven is sharpen the saw. Now, the very first habit, be proactive. His definition, uh, you know, the basic concept from this is being proactive is recognizing that as human beings, we are responsible for our own lives. Our behavior is a function of our decisions, not our conditions. We have both the initiative and the responsibility to make things happen. Highly proactive people do not blame their conditions. They don't base their behavior on their emotions or their feelings. Instead, they behave based on their conscious choices, based on their values. So the conclusion of that is that to become proactive means that you have to identify your own personal values. All right, so that... That was the basics of uh, habit one of being proactive. And he discusses language examples of what's reactive versus uh, proactive. For you know, quick example, reactive language is like, there's nothing I can do. That's just the way I am. Like basically not understanding that you can make your own decisions. It's not like the world is all happening. Life is happening to us. No, 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 no. You like life happens for us. I don't know if you've heard that before, but you can change your behavior based on your decisions. Obviously, okay. So that's that's that was a fairly fairly um, fairly easy one to grasp. Habit two: begin with the end in mind. Use the end of your life as a frame of reference. Examine every part of your life as a context of the whole: today, tomorrow, next week even next month's behavior, but do it, do it in terms and in context of what matters most to you. So this is the way that you can meaning, meaningfully affect your life as a whole. So once you identify your values, okay, you can then, in the context of the whole, affect what matters most to you and take meaningful steps to affecting your life based on those values. Okay, so in this area, to help explore your values, he describes different types of centers. What that means is people are centered uh, specifically in different areas. You could be spouse-centered, family-centered, money-centered, work-centered, possession-centered, self-centered. Uh, and that helps explore what your most important values are to you. He then goes into discussing how to build your own uh, your own mission statement. This was a, a cool exercise and application. I don't know how many of you have your own personal mission statements, but this was interesting. He just he just says, look, to start, break down the role areas of your life. You could be a husband, a friend, a neighbor, uh, whatever your profession is, a volunteer. And then you write down your goals and what you want to accomplish in each area. Now, effective goals, when you write them, they focus on results, not the activity. Okay, so make sure you're focusing on the results. That can help you build your own mission statement. 
because you want to include your values and you want to be able to identify those goals and include them into your mission statement. Um, now, the mission statement is not something that happens overnight. Um, you know, you're not going to sit down and do it in two minutes. But you write down, I, you know, I did this, you take your sections, right? And you write down specifically what the results are that you want in each role, right? Exactly what I just said. And then you could literally start with, you know, my mission statement is to live and then go or live and make my decisions guided by these particular principles, whatever that is. And that's actually how I started mine. Um, I, I chose three basic principles that I listed out, virtuosity, diligence, and energy. And that's how I want to positively affect anyone I come in contact with. Uh, now, that is exactly, you know, that's a generalized thing, and it's kind of a, it's a work in progress. It's something that you're going to have to work on. Uh, and again, it's not going to come to you right away. So the uh, let's move on to the next habit. Pers put first things first. So in this area, he says, rather than focusing on things and time, we want to focus on enhancing relationships and accomplishing results. So the most important thing you could do are label out your activities. And he has a what's called a time management matrix where he lists out certain activities the most important being what he calls quadrant two activities, which are not urgent, but very important. Okay, so not urgent, but very important. Because if you think about it, urgent and important things like are uh, going to waste your time. Uh, like they're, they're, they're going to be, you're putting out fires, but you're not leading to the ultimate values. You're not getting to the results that you ultimately want in, in, in your mission. Quadrant two are the most important activities. And this is something that you're going to have to personally read and write out those activities in order to schedule them in your day to day. But habit three is really about time management and the most effective time management skills. Uh, and Covey provides those examples in habit three of put first things first. Habit four. Uh, but before we get to habit four, one, two, and three were really um, about yourself uh, and how can you positively affect yourself and be more effective uh, individually in order to then get to habit four, five, and six, which are all about interdependency and dealing with others, being more effective in your relationships with others. So he says self-mastery and self-discipline, which again are habits one, two, and three, are the foundation of good relationships with others. You have to master yourself before you get to mastering human relation skills with others. It's just uh, a matter of fact. He starts to discuss in this uh, area the emotional bank account, which is an awesome metaphor. It's basically used to describe the amount of trust that's been built up in a relationship, any relationship. And he describes it as a feeling of safeness that you have with another human being. So that could mean that um, you have to think of it as a bank account, not with money, not like money, somewhat like money as far as making deposits with someone else, deposits of trust, of communication, of keeping commitments, of clarifying expectations, of doing the right thing with that particular individual. But he also describes that there are withdrawals. Those withdrawals will then decrease that amount of trust and decrease the amount of respect 
between parties uh, in dealings, whether it's personal or um, or you know uh, business focused, you know, and and mainly both of those areas are highly uh, based upon the emotional bank account you have with another individual. So this was an awesome section. It's something that I've taken away from, uh, and I've I've used uh, as soon as I heard about this. I was thinking about my own personal relationships and and business relationships and thinking like, okay, well, what am I doing day to day to make good deposits? And as soon as I do show, show someone that I can keep a commitment or clarify my expectations, or even one of them, one of the major deposits is apologizing when you screw up, when you make a withdrawal, when you're, and a withdrawal is like, you know, not keeping a commitment or being, um, saying something, not doing what you say, you know, not matching your actions with your words, being untrustworthy, lying, whatever, you know, those are major withdrawals, but apologizing for one of those is a major deposit because you're, you are then telling that person that you recognize the withdrawal you made and you sincerely apologize for what happened. Um, so that, that was also interesting. So moving on to habit four, the emotional bank account is something that, um, is in the backdrop of all these other habits. Okay. It's one of the most important foundations that he discussed in the last three habits. Uh, and it's something I think you can take without reading the book and just thinking about your own relationships. So habit four, he discusses the six paradigms of human interaction, right? And he describes these as win, 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 lose, lose, win, lose, lose, win, 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 or no deal. Um, those are six different interactions between you and um, another individual or you and a group of individuals or a business interaction. And I'm just going to define win-win because he says the habit that you have to get into is thinking win-win. And in that thinking, you are constantly seeking mutual benefits in all of your human interactions, mutually beneficial and mutually satisfying. Everybody wins. Okay. And here he talks about something that I find is very important. Um, and I see um, a lack of really in my industry, in the legal field, where everybody seems to be fighting for business and there, there's not enough to go around. Well, the, the abundance mentality is something here that he describes that I find is powerful um, for your personal, for your business life. If you can establish an abundance mentality, that mentality basically says there is enough out here for everybody. Okay, and that, that flows from a deep inner sense of personal worth and security, right? So in my industry, for, for example, there are some competitors out there that are so cutthroat. It's like, man, there's, you know, if he's talking to another attorney or, you know, let's do whatever we can, whatever we can to make sure that we get the client, you know, and it's just, um, it's just not the way that it should be. There's so many people in, in Florida. There's so many cars on the road, typically. And there's so many accidents. And so it's like, if you if you want to eat, okay, we'll, we'll all eat together. It's a, it's a win-win situation. It's, a, it's the same that goes in your personal life. Okay, make sure that uh, you're thinking about it in all areas of your relationships. Then uh, let's move on to habit five. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. It's the key to effective interpersonal communication. The key to really influencing um, someone is by your actual conduct. Yes, it flows out of your character um, or, the, or the kind of person you truly are. Uh, not what you say uh, or others say about you, but it's evident in how people experience you. 
the main thing that I took from habit five is what's called empathic listening. Okay. It's listening that you can then have someone fully open up to you and trust you. Uh, as long as you are showing them that, you know, you can understand where they're coming from both emotionally and intellectually. Okay. So most people just jump to, is that logical? How should I respond? Um, or they jump to, well, let me ask a bunch of questions. Let me advise them based on my past experiences instead of letting that person open up, understanding how they were feeling at the time, and then moving on to the logic behind, uh, behind a response. Now, the best way to do this, uh, empathic listening is, uh, Covey says to rephrase the content that's being uh, told to you and then reflect feeling in, in your response. Now, this is something that's going to be very difficult to understand via podcast. It's probably an area that you want to at least read the chapter uh, or read my notes on it uh, if you want if you want the outline. That's going to be the, the easiest way. But when you present your ideas or your response clearly, specifically, visually, and most importantly, contextually, when you deeply understand the other person's paradigms, so their point of view and their concerns, you significantly increase the credibility of your response or your ideas. And that's the key to uh, interpersonal communication, according to Covey. The last, uh, I'm sorry, the habit six is synergize. Simply defined, that just means that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And the essence of synergy is to value everyone's differences, respect them, build on strengths, which then will lead to compensate for weaknesses. And there are many different types of dif differences between people, emotional, psychological, mental. You got to remember that people see the world as they are, not as the world is, right, with their different perception. And the final takeaway of this area is that he states, the person who is truly effective has the humility and reverence to recognize his own perceptual limitations and to appreciate the rich resources available through interaction with the hearts and minds of other human beings. This person values those differences because the differences add to his knowledge, to his understanding of reality. If we're left with our own experiences, our own perceptions, we constantly suffer from a shortage of data. I thought that was a powerful quote. Uh, very interesting in uh, his thoughts on how to value everyone's differences. Now, habit seven is sharpen the saw, which is basically renewing yourself, uh, making sure that you're constantly in a state of renewal uh, and, and making sure that you're, um, you know, making sure that you are renewing four, four dimensions of your nature, as he says. The four dimensions are physical, mental, social, emotional, and spiritual. So physical, obviously, is like exercise, nutrition, stress management. Uh, mental is reading, writing, planning, visualizing. Social, emotional is uh, service, empathy, synergy, uh, security. And then spiritual is you clarifying your values uh, and your commitments and studying. Um, he also puts meditation in there. He says the single most powerful investment is to invest in ourselves. And that's how we can deal with life and contribute in life. 
you know so he he provides some uh some examples of all the ways you can renew in those four dimensions physical mental social emotional and spiritual which i won't get to uh, all of those but you know the he then he finishes with some uh some closing remarks which were which were great basically saying that as human beings we cannot perfect ourselves to the degree that which we align ourselves with correct principles divine endowments will be released within our nature enabling enabling us to fulfill the measure of our creation um that that was a pretty nice sum but you know those are some quick kind of uh notes as to what i took as the most important parts uh and the most important areas of all of the habits and again this wasn't meant to go through everything and be a cliff's notes copy you're not going to pass a test if you were to take one um it was a, it, it was a way of giving you kind of uh the tidbits to see if you would be interested in reading this book or reading more about the concepts or maybe you heard something that sparked something in you to um explore you know for yourself uh and look you can even take one of these areas one of these habits um at a time you can't you don't have to just use them all at once or try to try to hit them all at once or whatever for example you know the emotional bank account example and deposits and withdrawals with people it uh if you constant if you not constantly but if you remind yourself you know in the morning or whatever about that concept itself um and it's in the back of your mind your relationships will will greatly uh benefit and you should start to see some changes in the way people uh respond to you or approach you uh or just interact with you which i think is powerful and so i hope in in um in sharing this with you if again if you want the um the outline and you want to go over it or you want to ask questions or you want to um discuss it for for whatever just you know give me a shout uh and i can provide you the outline and we can we can have a talk about it um i will be doing a couple more of these uh probably in the near future so i'm also uh accepting suggestions um and that's that's pretty much it as far as my first first book review okay so uh i hope everybody's safe and healthy during this time and um see you next time